Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Liz. And Matt. And the Rams got pantsed on Monday night. Ooh, hate to see it. Thursday is Turkey Day. We'll take you through the three-course meal. Mm, three courses, and we'll preview the rest of the Week 13 Sunday slate. That's it. Go listen. Hello, and welcome to a Thanksgiving edition of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. We've got Matt Harmon, Ragu, Brett, the whole gang here. A little early, we're recording on Tuesday, so we're going to do something we don't normally do, which is recap the Monday night game, especially since it was here in Los Angeles. Wasn't favorable for the Rams, though. They got trounced by the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, you're starting off a little, uh, you're in the NPR host voice this, I guess this so. morning. I mean, sometimes blowouts are not fun to watch. Like, I would say the 49ers blowing out the Packers, even as a lifelong fan, that was not like a fun or entertaining endeavor to watch but watching the Ravens like completely do whatever they want I mean I said it last night um it looked like the two of them were playing like different sports um and it's just crazy to think where these two teams were like a year and a half ago at this point you know Joe Flacco is starting for the Ravens and the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL and now we're here well, it, it feels like at least excitement-wise, definitely not scheme-wise, but excitement-wise, the Ravens are the Rams of last year or maybe the year before. Yeah, intrigue and in terms of like a team that's totally revamped itself. Hard to figure out yeah, on a hard, week-to-week yeah. basis. Even though you know, I think what's interesting about the Ravens is you know what they want to do and yet nobody's been able to stop them from doing it. And they're getting better. I mean, like yeah. they've they've obliterated the last four teams that they've played Um They've and they've played, you know, they've played like good quarterbacks. They've played good teams. They've played the Patriots. They've played the Texans. They've played the Seahawks. And, you know, they just keep barreling over these teams. Obviously, the Bengals stuck in there too. Um, and now the Rams. And it was funny watching, like, you know, everybody knew that at some point Lamar is going to get pulled. We're going to see RG3, whatever. And then, like, that's when I think the conversation, at least in my head, started flipping to oh, man, this is really embarrassing for the, the Rams. Rams. And where do they go from here? You know, Well, most immediately, I think both of these teams have very big tests in a weird way because the Rams, 
would have a softer cupcake matchup against the Cardinals, though it's in the same division, so they have to must-win spot. I think every single game for the Rams is a must-win spot, and then, of course, there are those football heads who are going to say that every game is a must-win game, (laughs) so that's cool, too. Whereas um, the Ravens are getting, I think, a real test, maybe their biggest since the Patriots, in the 49ers and that ferocious D-line that certainly took away any explosiveness that Aaron Rodgers tried to put up. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that this is, it's the best defense and the best offense in the NFL right now, because uh, you can't dispute it. I think the Ravens are the best offense in the NFL, um, scoring on over 50% of their drives, which is just an absurd number. And if there was a competitor to the best defense from the 49ers, it would be the Patriots, and we already know what the uh, Ravens were able to do to them. And the Patriots, I think, have more of like a defined... Traditional <sighs> defense? yeah. Yeah, I think when you look at just like speed and athleticism, I think the 49ers have the edge there because the Patriots, even while they're very sound, they're very disciplined, they're obviously very good assignment wise and, you know, they're on top of their stuff. I would say that the 49ers are the more athletic, swarming, like that was the thing, almost, it's just two primetime games in a row, but the... Ravens offense over the Rams defense was almost just as I would say that the 49ers versus the Packers offense was just as much of a mismatch in terms of speed, athleticism and everything that was going on there. Um, I mean, they absolutely swarmed Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson's a different animal, but still it's two teams coming in with a a ton of momentum on that side of the ball. Um, Which which unit do you give the edge to off the off the top of your head? I think I have to give it to the Ravens because while the uh, centerpiece, right, or of the of the 49ers squad is going to be their defense. They have an acceptable, especially when George Kittle is playing even with a broken bone in his ankle offense, and they can keep pace. But I also think that the, the Ravens defense is so damn balanced, it's going to be hard to stop them. Um, and when I look at the Ravens offense, I believe it to be better than the 49ers defense. So I just think overall, the better squad on balance and explosiveness is the Ravens. On the Cardinals and Rams matchup, by the way, uh, I think the, the Rams are only a three point road favorite, which is right right now, which is wild. <laughs> well, that's because of partially, at least because of Goff's home road splits. I mean, and the Cardinals might be the I mean, are they they might be the better team. Right now, I, maybe that's just total recency bias. I think if the Rams can get on a script like we saw them against the Bears, you know, where they're running the ball well with power and they're able to maintain. I mean, they're essentially a team that wants to hide their quarterback right now, where I think the Cardinals are a team that wants to accentuate what their quarterback does. I also think if we're going to talk fantasy for a second, I mean, Gerald Everett last week was banged up. So you understand why he only has a catch, right? Um Kyle Fuller was all over him while he was in the game, too, and he didn't have, like, a massive snap count. This week, two catches. Yeah, he converted both of his targets, but that's not what you want to see, especially when Tyler Higby is drawing six looks um, and on the field for, I think, upwards of 70% of the team snaps. So from a fantasy perspective, you know that people are going to start chasing Higby, whether it's because Everett isn't fully healthy. Though, again, it's hard to hear of anybody having an ankle injury and being limited when you see what George Kittle was able to do. Um, <laughs> George and, Kittle, not a, a, a full human. Entity, <laughs> true. And I am highlighting, obviously, the tight end position since we know that versus Arizona, that's the most gettable matchup and it is such a scorched earth landscape. I, I would, I have right now Everett projected for three grabs around I don't know, 35 to 38 yards 
and a touchdown, but you're hoping for that touchdown so that you can get into double-digit fantasy points. It would be Goff's first touchdown pass in quite some time if that uh, was the case. Also, from a fantasy angle, you know, we talked about how with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods both back, it should help Cooper Cup because there'd be some field stretchers available and he wouldn't be taken away so easily by opposing defenses. He did have 10 targets, so that I think was optimistic, right? What he did with them? 35 yards, block, not great. But I did like to see that at least the process was right because then we know that that process remains one that at least Sean McVay believes could help Jared Goff. And when you look at the Cardinals too, obviously the the, the great advantage that fantasy players have is streaming the tight end position against them. Um, Cup plays like a pseudo tight end role. I still think he has one of the most unique in terms of deployment in terms of his deployment is one of the most unique ones in the NFL, but also they've given it up to slot receivers too. That middle of the field is just really weak for them. So I think this is of like where as, yeah, it was definitely a good process to be like, okay, these field stretchers are back, but it was against a tough secondary as we mentioned several times. This is not the case. This should be a much better week for Cooper cup. It's very tempting to get into these uh, Rams receivers because I mean, almost, at, well, I was saying going into the Monday night game, like I'm building DFS lineups early because everything is early this week. I'm like, well, man, no, you I could, haven't done that yet. I'm like, well. man, you could look at these Rams receivers and like they're pretty cheap, all things considered, in a really good matchup. <laughs> and if the, if the game had been priced after Monday night, they might have been even cheaper. cheaper. So I, it's very tempting to like buy into that Rams offense as a bounce back unit, especially because of the value that you're going to get in daily fantasy. But I'll be honest, it's, Right now, it does not feel comfortable clicking any L.A. Rams player. I don't know where the hell the Rams go from Just here. a little fun fact. Heading into this game, Todd Gurley was averaging 58 rushing yards per contest, and Lamar was averaging 78 rushing yards per contest. It blows you away, right? Just to put everything in context. I was stunned when I sat down and figured that out. But let's move forward on to Thanksgiving Day. I think, Matt, you and I have both talked our food takes a bunch. I don't if you if you have anything you want to passionately talk about in terms of Thanksgiving as a day of gratitude, as a day of eating, revelry, spirit drinking, feel free. Um, but let's talk about Chicago Detroit. I don't really want to talk about it that long. You know what's a you know what's a bummer when you're sitting here like, man, if Jeff Driscoll doesn't go for the Lions, that's that's tough. He's he's they're not guaranteeing that he's gonna play. There's one. also like talk about shutting Matt Stafford down. So yeah, I mean, I don't. Well, I don't think Stafford's going to play. Period. I would. I don't right. think he's got a shot. And then you've got Driscoll questionable for this game. Do you know who the Lions' third string quarterback is? Well, AJ McCarron. I have no idea. It, it, I only figured it out mere um, moments ago. It's a human entity named David Blow. David Blow. I, I'm assuming it's pronounced Blow. It's spelled B L O U G H. Yes. Bluch. Bluch. That's good. That's Bluch. Bluch. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> David Bluch. We're all going to be David Bluching all over the uh, Lions Bears game. I mean, this is a this is a mess. But at the same time, we did see the Bears. Some of the Bears' offensive players, at least Allen Robinson, had a good game yeah. last week against a, a very gettable defense. Anthony Miller, as you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, Justin Coleman has struggled after starting hot in the slot. Uh, in the secondary for the Lions. So Anthony Miller, who's seeing a bunch of targets. I, I, I don't know. I have, like, wanted to do that a couple of times and talked it up maybe a month ago, but I have certainly pulled back from it. Though Miller almost did have a touchdown last week. Um, 
against the against the Giants, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. Nine targets, 20 over the last two weeks. That's, yeah. not, that's not for nothing. Getting looks, but I don't want to be tied to Mitch Trubisky, especially on the road. No. I think Miller is a really good play if you're going to do like a three-game Thanksgiving slate on Daily Fantasy. But other than that, I don't know that you really need to be tying your hopes to Anthony Miller at this point in the season. Overall, though, I mean, you're not tr- you're not trusting anybody, I think, really beyond Robinson. Robinson on this offense, and that's you know David Montgomery included. Agreed. And on the Lions side of things, I think you can't you can't sit Galladay, but you're going to downgrade him, obviously, especially if you have Bluch. Especially if you're Bluching under in center. This one. Um, so, and I would say T.J. Hawkinson. I saw a little blurb about his health, but I think if he is in, he is an acceptable stream. But you're going to pray for that touchdown because the matchup is gettable. Yeah, and I think too, Bo Scarborough on this offense of as well. I mean, if, that goes without saying. Bluch and Scarborough. <laughs> if we're at the it goes without saying Bo Scarborough yeah that's the point of the season we're at yeah yeah well I mean I would I like him right I mean we're, we like him even if Blech is blushing on this one if Blech is blushing all the more for Scarborough 40, 40 carries for Scarborough I yeah mean, bro Scarborough jeez that this feels gross I mean this is getting happy Thanksgiving everyone this is like a, a damn preseason squad out there with Blech and Scarborough can you just say Scarborough? Scarborough. I love it when we like accentuate the bro in Scarborough. I Scarborough. Don't know. Um, let's talk about. Let's just stop talking well, about this game. Be okay. <laughs> let's keep moving. Bills at Cowboys. This one's exciting. It is exciting, potentially. Except you know that in the final moments, something will go awry, and Jason Garrett won't. I don't know. Go for three or something, and won't go. Won't go. <laughs> he won't go. And well, he definitely, he'll never go. He'll he, never go. He's gonna be. Do we talk go. about this on this show? How Urban Meyer and Lincoln Riley are probably one of those two is going to ho- coach the fried. But no, I don't think it was this show. No, it sounds a little gonna, bit familiar. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm going to say right now after the loss against the Patriots on Sunday. That was Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> After the loss to the Patriots. Um, and everyone's talking about the weather conditions. And um, Jerry Jones's comments after the game were pretty eye-opening after, listen, I like a loyal man. Like, that is a lovely thing. I love that Jerry Jones, at least from a kindness perspective, has been in Garrett's corner for close to a decade. But I also think that he's had a little bit of like, well, if I don't back this guy, then who? Right. Like, I don't have options necessarily that are any better than what I have. And I think with interest from Urban Meyer and Lincoln Riley in potentially co- there's a window here, right, where he could have better options when he's basically saying we got we, we were out coached to the press. That's pretty damning. So I do feel like this might be the end of the Jason Garrett ride. And I do think that Urban Meyer is like a perfect culture fit for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think Lincoln Riley would be like the pie in the sky. Sure. Option uh, would actually, but he has expressed interest. Charles Robinson oh, reported on yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and you also have the in-house option too of Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore. Who, you know, that I don't think they're going to do that. Garrity, though, feel, you know, no, I, mean, I think he's too wet behind the ears. A little bit, but someone's going to be interviewing him for a head coach position. If not this off season, then the next off season. You know, do you want to keep him in house? Do you want to get him two years before he's actually ready to do it, or do you want to let him go and be the coach of the Jaguars? Or something like that, you know. No, I hear you. Um, in that case, I would hope that he could have his. Well, I mean, Chris Richard. It also depends on whether he's going to get head coaching interest as well. Um, but it'd be nice if they kept like. I guess part of me really wants to see the Cowboys kind of 
I think Kellen Moore has done good things, but it also feels a little Jason Garrett-ish. Like because it's, it's so just, inside. It's just keep your pipeline, keep Jerry's pipeline going, and all that type of stuff. Um, but I don't know that it's so much better than go chase a big name. But there's just a there is. I don't think that I agree with you. It does feel like the end of Jason Garrett's ride because everyone, including like Des Bryant, Des Bryant become what is he like a he's like a top five Twitter pundit at this oh my point. Gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it does feel like the end of Jason Garrett's ride because everyone's criticizing him, and it just is so obvious looking at this team that the thing well, that's holding them back is coaching. And also, they Jerry Jones is like, "What you wanted stuff? I got you all the stuff. What are you talking yeah. about? Like." Yeah. You you have the quarterback. We still haven't paid him, but you got the quarterback. You've got the defense in theory, right? They may not be healthy. They may be up and down, but whose fault is that? You This is not a talent-poor roster by any no, means, and it is a completely balanced, and there's, there's no reason that they should be losing, especially in a division where both of the teams are playing XFL games. Yeah, right. They should they shouldn't have the and especially the Eagles are number two in the division and they're like they shouldn't have that team nipping on their heels. The Eagles have so so many problems at this point that Dallas should win this one this division going away. But I think this matchup on Thursday is interesting because I don't think this is a I don't think this is a gimme for Dallas. The Bills are one of what feels like five hundred teams that everyone wants to say you haven't played anyone yet. And I mean they've definitely had a pretty easy schedule so far, have the Buffalo Bills, but Josh Allen in particular has played really well over the last he hasn't thrown an interception in six games and over his last four games he's completed 60.5% of his passes six to one TD to INT ratio um, or excuse me he's only thrown one interception in his last six games and that one came last week but 96 passer rating and that's in addition to 152 and four on the ground I think overall Allen is starting to make some some real progress here I, I sure yes um, but I mean, if you're the Cowboys, I think and you're the Cowboys and you're Jason Garrett and you're coming off of a loss, you're not going to get aggressive, right? Like, I think if anything, we have seen that Jason Garrett often moves from a place of fear and can't just yeah. say like, you know what, I'm just going to degaff, right? And like, go big. And we know that the Bills' number one uh, deficiency on defense is their run defense, right? So this is an opportunity for Garrett to say, if he is going to get crazy, it just means inserting a little more Tony Pollard, but he's going to let Zeke have his game here. And I would be worried about, I, I know Randall Cobb has been excellent for the team, but I'm not messing with the Bills secondary with their with their receiving defense at all. On the Bills side of things, though, Cole Beasley is someone who's seen a lot of targets. You mentioned him as a potential pickup. I don't love it, but I do think if you're really desperate in a full point, I'm not even talking half point, full point PPR, um, you, you know, you're going to see Byron Jones on the, the outside. Revenge and... game. Hello. This is a revenge oh, game stop. for Cole Beasley. <laughs> you're right. I hadn't thought it's about it. It's a revenge it. game. Come on. Okay. Are you kidding him? Him and Anthony Miller. Stack it up in the three-game Thanksgiving <laughs> slate for all the money. Get all the slot receivers going. All the slot That's receivers. <laughs> get all your money back. For get, all, throw uh, in some Russell Gage uh, versus the Saints oh, for the throw. It's just three. There you go. You know what? Then you're paying up for Zeke. Then you're paying up for Alvin Kamara. Let, let's ride. I'm, All right. I'm just, I've already made Listen my Thanksgiving your, that, lineup. That's in. your receiver. That's your receiver. That's your receiver right core. There. This is it. Now we just got to find a tight end somewhere out there. Is Jared Cook still 10 he, bucks he or is. what? He is. He's still there and he's playing the Falcons. Uh, hey, how, how, here's a question. With this with this Dallas passing offense, because I've already started to get a lot of people ask me, am I still playing Dak Prescott this week? Um, I mean, I think so against the Buffalo Bills. He's also home. He's at home and it's, it's another thing week. too. Cowboys Twitter is uh, ready to unveil their their latest theory, which is that Amari Cooper is just really bad on the road. 
uh, his his catch rate in home. Before. Yeah, we've we've heard this one before. I think it's just still just Amari Cooper is a bit of an inconsistent player, and also never plays a season without being some kind of hurt, like real hurt, like not just like football hurt, but like maybe another person wouldn't play. Yeah, so great on your toughness, but can definitely take away from your. But that's also the beauty of what the Cowboys have right now. And why it's so disappointing because you have Michael Gallup. So you don't necessarily need Amari Cooper to be all the things. Yeah, and I mean in this one, you would think that if uh, Amari Cooper draws Tre'Davious White. Uh, then that's good news for Michael Gallup. And I don't think that's such bad news for Randall Cobb, even though the Bills are generally a pretty good slot slot defense. Saints at Falcons. Saints at Falcons. The rematch from two weeks ago. <laughs> so I think we can kind of put to, to bed the idea no, that the Falcons are this. I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, I, I know that they didn't show out, but I. I mean, they didn't just not show up. They had a QB hit. One. Fair enough. But I also think that they're at home. They're coming mm-hmm. off a bad loss. Weren't they at home last week? Uh, I don't know. I think they're at home last week. May, they may have been. Sure, they were at home. They're at home again. <laughs> they're at home again. <laughs> Try it one more time. <laughs> Who did they play? They, they, play- they were at home to the Bucks. Oh, the Bucks, and they That's lost. Right. Yeah. Um, they got two. They got two picks off Jameis Winston. But I mean, come on, everybody can get two. Well, picks maybe off Well, maybe when Winston. you priced them at eleven dollars in DFS, we knew what we were doing. Maybe that was enough, though. I mean, hey, that was a good. Sure. That was a good play. I just think in terms of like shutting down an opposing offense and being this swarming pass rush, I think that might have been a two-week... The Saints have struggled over the past two weeks, though. So I don't I don't think that the Falcons... I also think they might... I mean, if, if we are going to say that the Saints lost to the Falcons two weeks ago was a bit of a trap game, then maybe the Falcons lost to, the, to Tampa Bay last Sunday was also a bit of a trap game. There's no way that these two teams aren't going to compete, and there's no way the Falcons oh, yeah. don't want to prove, like, this is it for their year. They're not making the playoffs. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying like that the Falcons. They can play the, spoiler. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that this will be a bad game or that the Saints are going to blow them out because I don't. The Saints, there's it's just some stuff. Some, they're a little weird right now. Like offensively, I don't know that they have. A, I mean, it's weird to say they just cleared 30 points, right? You know, their quarterback was great distributing the ball to his weapons, but. Defensively, they've been a, they've been a few steps back. That could be because Marshawn Lattimore is out, and um, you're seeing the frustration bubble over. I mean, Cam Jordan has never been a quiet personality, but no, he's getting he's more chippy than normal, which I think is telling. And to me, when you see the like the chippier players on the team start to lose a little bit of control, that's evidence of a deeper issue going on. Yeah, it just feels like you said feels weird. Um, some stuff. And I think in this game, the interesting question is, you know, how much is Julio Jones going to play? Because an injury kept him to a, under 60% of the snaps last week. He's off and on, yeah. Um, is, Marshall, is Marshall Lattimore going to play in this game? I don't know if he does or doesn't. It's a short week. So. It's a short week, so I would doubt it. Even then, um, you're getting a hampered Falcons passing offense and a hampered Saints secondary. Matt Ryan's performance was probably the most disappointing of anybody's in Week 12. Uh, against a very beatable Buck secondary, he does essentially nothing. Sacked six. Sacked six times. The lone Falcons touchdown pass was had by one Matt Schaub to Calvin Ridley. <laughs> so if you played Calvin Do you Ridley, remember when we, were looking, we saw the Calvin Ridley touchdown, yeah, yeah, and like, I was like, "Wait, why doesn't Matt Ryan? 
we were both like, why doesn't Matt Ryan have any like, touchdowns? Oh, yeah, oh, that was that was job. Job. <laughs> Uh Yeah, I mean, the Falcons are also depleted because they're missing Austin Hooper. Devonta Freeman is practicing, though. So right. if you're thinking about messing around with any of these Falcons oh, don't do backs, that. don't do it. I, even with even Freeman, like, I hope you're not that desperate to have to. Saints like, run defense still pretty good. Yeah, to be like, oh, damn, Freeman's back. Let me get him right in the lineup. I hope you're not that desperate. Uh, I think this is just a very clear, like, I think this could get high scoring. It could be interesting. 48, 48 and a half point total. It's already come down from a 50 opener. So these two teams just aren't the same explosive offenses that we're used to, especially because they're not healthy. At least Give me a side. side dish, a Thanksgiving side dish for each one of these matchups. Bears at Lions. Can we agree that it's green bean casserole? Well, because we don't like green bean casserole. Correct. But the thing is, I would say it can't be green bean casserole because everybody wants to tell you green bean casserole is good and it actually sucks. I don't think anybody's trying to tell yes, you it is that's game. That's a good, good. point. Uh, how about just this is the like the white meat of the turkey that everyone like they carve up and you're like, oh, that looks gorgeous. I'm not eating it. I like the white meat of the turkey. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, I, you don't. I think turkey's good. It's great. Have a sandwich. <laughs> how about the <laughs> we do you like you don't like stuffing, do you? No, it's gross. See, here's okay, so it's stuffing because it's like Oh, stuffing's perfect because like classic. it's a tradition. Line, exactly. Tradition. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this there is the stuffing. And you just have to you just have to deal with it. It's early. Just get it over with. Eat that off your plate first. Yeah. Right, do you right, how do you right, eat? Right. I always I eat one thing at a time. Like I'm definitely like I like kind of figure out like, oh, I like this, and then I save my favorite thing to the end. But then you're too full to eat it. But I don't care. I'm stuffing it down my I'm Girl, stuffing I'm that never mac too and cheese full. down my face anyways. <laughs> That's right. I'm I, a I'm a bowl eater, like in my day to day life. I I put everything in a bowl. Yeah, I do oh, I do that at home. Yeah. Just everything in a big ass bowl. And I can't do that at Thanksgiving, obviously, because I'll get yelled at because I look like an idiot. But do you bring your own bowl to <laughs> your parents' house? I brought I brought my own brought my salad, own bowl. my own my own mixing bowl. Uh no, so I'm normally a bowl eater, but I think in that in that way I will I mix everything up. I go piece by piece by piece. All right. Bills at Cowboys. What food is this? I think I think this is um I think this is some cranberry sauce because there's a little bit of tartness. There's a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sour because you don't know which way it's going to go. I don't like cranberry sauce, but I'll let that stand. I like cranberry sauce. I like but not homemade cranberry sauce. I like it when it's in a can and I can like see the ridges and I can just like slice it, eat it like you know how I feel about jello. It's basically dense jello. Saints at Falcons. This is this is pumpkin pie, which everybody says is amazing, but actually isn't that great. This is the one, this is the dish that like is supposed to be the centerpiece. This is supposed to be fantastic. The you're going to finish your day with, right? If you want a nightcap, listen, I know how to make a pumpkin pie white Russian that is much better than this, but <laughs> this an podcast actual piece is over, of pumpkin pie. What? This podcast is over. Are we done? Yeah, with know? you slandering the name of pumpkin pie. You like it? It's great. It's. I don't understand. It's a squash. Like, why not just eat <laughs> squash pie? Eat squash pie. I'm you not... just like whipped cream. We're gonna do our one thought. These are the Sunday games because that comes after the Thursday games. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Can confirm. Titans at Colts. One thing, Matt. Jonathan Williams, uh, will he be the featured back for the Colts again? He ran out there in pretty much a workhorse role. He was basically Marlon Mack, as if Marlon Mack was still there. His name was just Jonathan Williams. Um, Titans, Titans run defense a little Titan, tougher. Titans run defense definitely tougher, but still, if he's going to get that level of volume, he's Can't still— Can't say no to 20 touches in a running back. I'll tell you what. Tell me what. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think he would still be 
obviously not as appealing of a play as he was against the Texans, but um, I still think he'd be in consideration. I have Sony Michelle on my fantasy team that I started. Um, what's his bucket? Jonathan Williams last week over him. And now I got that same damn debate this week. I see. I, I think Ryan Tannehill has been intriguing as of late. Oh, Ryan I wish Tannehill. the ball would go to A.J. Brown more, that he would be chosen more uh, to be targeted, to be more featured. But I don't know why there's a reluctance, it seems, there. I mean, he's a big play threat, totally. I think he will be, obviously, a 2020, like, huge breakout candidate that everybody will be all over. But you'll think you're cute at first, but then everybody says it, so whatever. Um, Ryan Tannehill, though, here's here's a theory I have. This is We're now past the one thing, but here's, oh, the, no. here's Here the theory Sorry, I have. Brett. Do you think that Tannehill, like, he's a very emblematic of, like, one of these guys who's very talented, and now he's just kind of playing with house money, right? Like, he doesn't have the pressure of being the franchise quarterback anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just there's something about, like, he just immediately brought life to a Titans offense, which is weird to say about Ryan Tannehill because he doesn't look, he's like throwing his body around out there. He's like banging into dudes at the goal line. And it's just that like, look, I'm not the, I'm not this team's franchise quarterback. I'm not the guy they picked in the he's top on a 10 one of the year draft. Prove it and he's trying to prove it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's fun to see. It's certainly fun to see. And I think you're right. There is something to like the mental piece of the game and whether you can perform when the lights are the brightest and the pressure is the highest and, at least in Miami, he couldn't. So I think um, Tannehill's an interesting, I don't know, interesting stream, interesting play. Obviously against the Colts, it's like not as juicy of a matchup, but uh, just because I think it's going to be fairly low scoring too. Jets at Bengals. One thing, Matt, please. <laughs> Andy Dalton. Can We need to talk about Andy Dalton because he's back under center. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I know why. I have a theory. Why? Can I tell you why? Go for it. I think Andy Dalton is obviously, this is going to be the end of his run with this team in Cincinnati. Um, And I think his agent very wisely pled with the front office and said, can we please use this opportunity and soft schedule moving forward to showcase my client who has given you his entire career since his rookie effort so that he can move on and good in good faith. Right. It's like, I'm sure part of the pitch was, guys, you've already clinched the number one pick. That's happening. Yep. You guys got like a two-game commanding lead on that thing. Let Andy Dalton go out there, like you said, showcase a little bit. I don't know how much he's, how good he's going to look on this Bengals offense, which is just a train wreck. And on the Jets' side, not only do we need to give – I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, but we need to give credit to Sam Darnold because he's actually playing pretty well in terms of like a second-year quarterback outside of those two nightmare games. But this Jets' defense – is playing very well, too. They're giving up the lowest yards per carry in the NFL, so more bad news for Joe Mixon. But overall, they've they've actually been a pretty solid stop unit. Obviously, they flummoxed the Raiders last week, and I don't know that this is a— At first, I thought, like, oh, man, Andy Dalton's back. I bet she's, like, super cheap in DFS, maybe actually sort And I'm like, nah, I don't know about that. I will say that the one thing I like from the Jets' offense, though, is that with Andy Dalton being back is that I expect a little bit more back and forth, less lying down, which means we've seen— Robbie Anderson scoring back-to-back games and be utilized. It wasn't a Jamison Crowder game. It was an Anderson game. And as Sam Darnold's getting more comfortable, boy went and supposedly hooked up with a girl last night. Oh, did you see that? Go get it, Sammy D. Yes. There was a headline in the New York York Post, Post. Brett. uh, And just the headline was, after win, Sam Darnold gets, quote, wasted and hooks up with girl. Like, cool. <laughs> As he should. High five. Congrats. He's 23. He lives in New York. Yeah. What do you want him to do? He's also like a fine, nice guy who's just a sweet boy. He, he is. Totally, I mean, we know. Are we already? Are we surprised he just had mono? Like, of course he's out there, like, throwing his tongue into ladies' mouths. Also, my favorite was because I t- 
quote tweeted that last night. Just congrats. Uh, like people were replying, oh, he's going to get mono again. Maybe he's Lives being a little in your more system selective. forever once you, you have it. Yeah. Like chicken pox. Yeah, I don't think Is you it? can get it again. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a virus. Yeah, I don't know. The WebMD special of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I like Robbie Anderson a lot this week. I, I think there's going to be more back and forth. We know that Cincinnati is allowing over 13 yards per reception, which is the most in the league. Um. And so I think that you could see maybe a bit of a, it's not technically a hat trick because it's not the same game, but three in a row, three scores in a row. Yeah. So who's next? I don't have the tab up. We've got uh, the, the, uh, the Washington. great Washington FC against Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got something. How about this? Don Terry Poe, the second best run stopper on the Panthers, is out. You've seen uh, Darius Geis be. I didn't think it was going to happen. I don't know why it's happening, but I have refused to um, employ logic when dealing with Washington. Um, you've seen Darius Geis folded in, eased into this offense. If you're looking for a sleeper running back, I think that. You know, at a a not great position, Geis could really attack the Panthers here. So there's a nug. Ten rushes for 32 yards last week. Two targets, one catch, six yards. It's razor thin, but it's not the craziest considering how bad this run defense has been. And obviously, yeah, if there's going to be another player out, that's just a bit more of an upgrade. Um, I'll say this on the Panthers side. It's been mostly DJ Moore for months now. And I mean, he's been awesome his skill set lines up perfectly with kyle allen won't surprise me to see curtis samuel get loose in this one against a secondary that really can't cover anybody and also greg olson has caught five passes in back-to-back games that's about right that's about what you're gonna get yeah nice little foreplay he's not gonna give you much uh many looks in the red zone behind Moore and mccaffrey so i wouldn't bank on a touchdown even in a juicy matchup um let's talk about the 49ers at the ravens we talked a little bit about this matchup at the top of the game um what are you looking for? I mean, what is the obviously it's not a great analysis to say you think the Ravens are going to run the ball. I think the Ravens might try to establish the <laughs> run. <laughs> um, I mean, we know that the weakness of the 49ers is their run defense, right? So that sets up pretty nicely for what the Ravens are doing particularly well. Maybe Gus Edwards gets in there again. I mean, I just I feel like this is going to be a um a lot of on the ground play. Yeah, and technical term for it. Yeah, on the ground play, very good good football term. Uh <laughs> I, I would say too on the 49ers side, it's tough to think like we've been riding Debo, Debo Samuel for a couple of weeks now and that's been successful. Obviously George Kittle is a freaking monster. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off another good game too, but it's tough to think that they're going to go into Baltimore and replicate that type of success against a defense that is just about as white hot as its offense right now. I do think Kittle scores though. Oh you yeah, know? well, Kittle, like, Kittle's amazing. I and mean. I do think Tony Jefferson's loss has hurt hurt um, the the secondary in in Baltimore a little bit. And you've seen some tight ends work against him, so I think that that's a fair estimate. Is there anything else from this? No, nah, I mean this one's just like I think you put like you're not benching Lamar, you're not benching Mark Ingram. Um, I think you're just you're 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 fine with the guys you would normally play in this one, but I don't think you're going down the line to like the Debo Samuels of the world. Marquise Brown even is a little bit questionable, although I'm always willing to risk Hollywood. Because you like that upside. What about the Buccaneers at the Jaguars? Um, a lot of people like Nick Foles as a streaming option this week. I don't think he's looked that great. No. I, I, I understand like 
when people put numbers into algorithms, it makes sense that Nick Foles would be the number one streaming option at quarterback. But Legend I Matt like Ryan Sam Darnold week. more, frankly. Oh, million percent. Yeah. I agree with you. You want to go with a quarterback that's actually playing well right now. J- the Jaguars are like a total sinking ship at this point. Um, I think they're headed towards a full-on reboot at the end of the year. Um, and it just makes you nervous. Can they bring Minshew back? Yes, I think at some point when too. when they're out when they're completely out of contention, like week fifteen, yeah, eliminated from the playoffs, I think we see Minshew again, which is almost just like what's the point? It just is weird. Like they they seem like completely identity free since they took Minshew out mm-hmm. of there, which is that's kind of the Nick Foles operation. Like gives some great motivational quotes at, at the press conference, but like. And, you know, obviously did what he did in Philadelphia, but Minshew gave this – this is what was the, such a dangerous thing about pulling him was that he gave them such a clear team identity, like, you know, protect the ball, work off play action. get your, also a fearlessness, like just an ethos around it too. Totally, that I think players bought into. And then now – like it's not that they don't buy into Nick Foles. It's just he's a shotgun quarterback with a running back that can't run out of shotgun. And, like, if you're going to run the ball and be that type of team and not pass 50 freaking times, like – this is just, it's just not a good fit. This is why the Nick Foles signing in Jacksonville, while it was only, while it was always destined because of the offensive coordinator match and because they were really the only team bidding for him. This is what made it so confusing because of the way Fournette needs to play versus the way Foles mm-hmm. needs to play. And it's not like Foles is the guy that like now we're building the offense around him. So they're in a, they're in a pretty tough spot. And frankly, I I would think that the Bucks on that side of the ball, the defense has really started to fall apart so fast in Jacksonville that, I mean, we know they can't stop the run, but are you really trusting? Let's, let's get a Ronald Jones heat check, Liz. No Ronald Jones for you. I mean, I, how do we, what do we know the volume's going to be like? It'll be 12 carries. Right. So are you, I'm not, I don't want to. You're hoping for a touchdown. Would you play Darius Geis over Ronald Jones? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Matt, oh. Matt is rubbing his face. Like Matt looks like they just opened the Ark of the Covenant. He He's freaking out right now. <laughs> That these are decisions that the people that you always like to refer to as the people are having to make, Matt. So be a man of the people and take a stand. I, just, I would play Ronald Jones. You really would. Better offense. Better offense. I mean, they're getting about the same amount. You say, what's the volume going to be? They're getting the same about the same amount of volume. I don't. I don't think. In I don't think this. I think that guys will see. You know, over over. I think probably seventeen total touches. I don't know. I think that Panthers pass rush, Brian Burns has started to play. He's starting to get healthy again. I think they'd really take it to guys. I think the Panthers win. They take big. it to guys. I mean, uh, take it to Haskins. <laughs> both both things can be true, honestly, in this one. All right. Um, Whew, that one took it out of me. Ronald Jones, Darius Geis. God help you if you're one of the people. Not surprising. I also like Chris Conley as like a wild dart throw, but that's because he's had eight or nine targets in back-to-back weeks. And I'm not afraid of the Buccaneers secondary. But, of course, you're starting DJ Chark regardless. All right, Browns and Steelers. Oh, God, this narrative attached to this one. The Duck Show is back. Indeed. (laughs) That's it. I mean, I I think that the the way the Steelers – Yeah, the the way the Steelers want to play offense, much better with a safe quarterback like Delvin Hodges, Devlin Hodges. Just call him Duck. Duck. I'm just trying to be nice. Old Ducky behind center. And uh, Benny Snell at halfback as opposed to like the Mason Rudolph, Jalen Samuels check down machine. Um, I think it's good for the Steelers. I think this is this is a good situation for an offense that is about as talent poor as any in the NFL right now. I think they have a much better shot 
at winning games and like keeping them competitive with these two uh, behind the offensive line. And I like I like Benny Snell a lot as a guy that I think you can play as like an RB two. I like Benny Snell better. Than- load better than the last two goofballs we just talked about Geis and Ronald Jones <laughs> well you know I'm always here for Snell Nug I've yeah. been here riding the train since July I will say from the Browns I think they get Njoku back this week I'm not going to start him because we don't yeah. know what he's going to look like coming back but I think this is another piece that is adding to Baker Mayfield's comfortability moving forward to his arsenal so I'm liking Baker Mayfield more and more in this final third evolution of the season which is something we have touched on throughout the year I almost disagree with you when it comes to David and Joku you know because I like the I, my big thing is the Browns have really simplified things oh this being is too much for for Baker to handle Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt, that's what you're mostly Nick Chubb is what mm-hmm. your offensive is based around. And like last week, it was all OBJ and all Jarvis Landry. I think a third body disrupts the flow. Hmm. Well, I like choices. So I'm, I think that's a fine point, but I don't agree. Let's talk about Packers at Giants. Packers at Giants. Um, get right game for the Packers. They need it. Although, woof. I mean, they're, they really what, need it. What is this team? Other, I mean, I don't, this team is is Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and sometimes Aaron Rodgers. And Jamal Williams. Sure. Williams had seven, eight targets, seven catches last yeah, week. Yeah, but I mean... It, I, Garbage time, but still. Um, I think they're really a team that needs to control the script and they don't have a defense to do that right now. Um, I like the... In, in theory, in theory... If the offensive line, which, by the way... Did not look good. Did not look good. Which is surprising. And they had an injury with Brian Balaga. Um, but he avoided a disaster injury. By the way, doesn't it feel like Brian Balaga's hurt every year? He is. He, he's at some point, sure. At some point, that guy's hurt. Um, he's played for about 100 years, and he's hurt in every single one of those 100 years. Uh, but... I like, in theory, the way the offense is very simple. You know, it's Devontae Adams in the passing game. And then it's these two running backs. Like, that is pretty typical of a Shanahan scheme offense. There's not a ton. Like, in the old days, it was the X receiver and the running game. But there's nothing going on. Like, Jimmy Graham is just total dust at tight end. Alan Lazard has kind of solidified himself as the number two receiver. But he's still Alan Lazard. And his volume still doesn't match when you say like a number two receiver on a Packers on a Green Bay Packers offense what you're getting statistically out of Lazard is underwhelming yeah I just think they're really talent deficient they're they're top heavy Adams is great Jones is great Williams is pretty good Rodgers is obviously still Rodgers after that you're off a cliff man there's nothing to go- going on here. Sterling Shepard is back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he saw a, a decent amount of targets. I think nine targets. He's seeing like nine targets pretty much all the time, um, which is played, interesting. Yeah. I think he might be available in some leagues uh, because he was out for so long that some people might have had to drop him. I think he's a talented player. I do like him more in the slot. Obviously, that's Golden Tate's position on the field now. So I, I do think if. I don't know if you can get Shepard or or he happens to be available. I wouldn't mind him again because while the Packers are certainly beatable against the run, it's not like their pass defense is, is lit. Yeah, Tate is in the concussion protocol too. Oh, okay. Evan Ingram is week to week with yep. a foot injury. So if those two guys were to miss this game, and I would think that Ingram is likely to miss and Tate is maybe. Oh, that's right. Caden, Kate, our boy, Caden. Caden Smith, sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, even that's even more to your Sterling Shepard point right. against a defense that really hasn't been able to cover anyone. Do you think Daniel Jones makes for a good streaming quarterback this week? We know 
in good matchups, he has shown a fine ceiling. Do you and get this is a good points matchup. for fumbles? Probably not. Then would, no. Okay. Um, so Sterling Shepard right now, again, this is on a Tuesday, uh, is owned in 53% of leagues, which is kind of wild. Like, that's very low from what I mean, the guy didn't play for me. months. Right. But he's the number one receiver, in theory, on um, a football team. On a football team <laughs> with a quarterback. Where are we? Uh, Eagles at Dolphins. Oh, Blarg. Um The question here is, can the Eagles do what the Browns did last week? And I don't. I think the answer is no. They have no talent. Yeah, Jordan Howard. They're they're really missing him. Um, I I don't. It's like Dallas Goddard is going to be a thing. He's yeah, the, he's the number two receiver on the squad. <laughs> Their other number one receiver is, is another Zach tight end. Yeah, I believe tight ends or running backs caught twenty two passes last week. In their wide receiver core, sub sub NFL caliber. We know that Jordan Matthews will get the U up text again at some point, but he is going. He's off the team at at this current time. They've broken up for the fifth time. So sad. You really want these kids to figure it out. Well, I mean, maybe there's just a a connection he can't he can't deny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, Devontae Parker, that's someone I hyped. I think that he's been pretty awesome lately. He's been super cheap in DFS, and I wouldn't mind starting him again this week. Should we move on, though? This this is Not a yet. very gross gross matchup. Um, Rams at Cardinals, we already pretty much talked yeah. about. The Los Angeles Chargers at Brett's Denver Broncos. Are you here for it, Brett? Is Drew Locke play- playing? I haven't seen anything. I don't know. I mean, it's early. It's Tuesday. It's, you know, this stuff doesn't really kind of come out until later in the week. So we have no idea. I mean, they have to. They have to. Brandon Allen had like 120 yards or something I, like that last week. I don't week. want. So I understand why Denver fan, fans want to see Drew Locke. But for the sake of fantasy, I don't want to deal with another like. Who's the guy going to be? Is the chemistry between, you know, you would imagine that Fant and Locke, both as rookies, would have chemistry, but gross. Locke doesn't have chemistry with anybody. He's yeah, he hasn't played in a hundred years. He hasn't played, yeah, hasn't played he does since. does have chemistry if you go with, on his Instagram with a certain someone. Oh. I was going to say that, but I, I, I thought better of it. But, I mean, we got to know. I mean, the Broncos are going to have a top 10 pick next year. I mean, <laughs> hey, don't listen. know. I mean, it feels like Justin. It's gonna be Justin it's Herbert. Justin time. Herbert, dude, he's or, tall and he sucks. You know, he's, he's a he's a perfect. You know LA who's gonna be available? AFC North. We're just gonna take every everybody who every former AFC North quarterback. Andy Dalton. He's not tall enough. Not tall mm-hmm. enough. He's six two. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Herbert. Herbert's your guy, dude. He's tall. You and have, he sucks. You have to know what you have in Drew Locke before. He, I agree. Before the offseason, he hasn't played a lick of professional football outside of the preseason. Everyone has to start sometime, you know. That's Everyone right. has to have their first game. I think I think you you got to see what you and plus this is not this ecosystem is not the worst. Their offensive line is bad, but it's not the worst. Cortland Sutton is good. Mm-hmm. Noah Fant is starting to show some things. Mm-hmm. I also Lindsay's good. Philip Lindsay's good. Royce Freeman's kind of fading to the background yeah. here. I've he's, given up. Yeah, he's I, I was one of the last people on Royce Freeman Island. He's I not even that. really like rosterable in fantasy helicopter. at this point, other than just for like stash season appeal. Um, and Philip Lindsay, though, I mean, he's been getting, like we said, more and more of a workhorse type role in this offense. And this is a good matchup against this Chargers defense that's struggled with missed tackles pretty much all year. 
So I think if, you, if you're disappointed with, 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 out of what you got against the Bills team that you can run on last week with Philip Lindsay, this week I think you can you can play him pretty confidently. Especially if Drew Locke is back. I like or is under center, not back. Is starting. I, I want to see what we get out of Drew Locke. I, I think you get yourself in a bit of a trap with Drew Locke if like he comes in and shows you pretty well, yeah. and then you're just like, okay, good enough. Like we're, that's our guy going into 2020. I don't think that, but I think if Locke comes in and shows them something, they can mix him with like a Ryan Tannehill type. Even though Ryan Tannehill, you're not getting out of Tennessee, you're getting a franchise tag, but you know, someone of that caliber, someone in this free agent pool, an Andy Dalton type. Whatever, have him compete with Locke. I think that would be fine. Whoever is under center for the Broncos in Week 13, whether it's Allen or Locke, will likely be intimidated by Melvin Ingram. So I agree with Matt that there's going to be a lot of handoffs to Philip Lindsay in this one for that reason. Um, Spent a lot of time on that game. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. What about um, these Raiders? These Raiders who, oh my gosh, we can't believe they lost a game against the... Trap game, you know. Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> at Arrowhead, which Matt, I don't know if you know this, I heard is a tough place to play. Should be a rebound spot for Josh Jacobs, though. This should be a game where the Raiders can establish their script, establish their script, keep Carr on their script. Um, and I think you're pretty much, you know, oh, what man, you're doing I would love to see though. Like we we did talk about how the last time we saw the Chiefs, they got after Philip Rivers, Chris Jones, Frank Clark were healthier now. They're they're coming off of some rest. Like maybe they uh, give Derek Carr some spooks. There, this, this is the this is the problem when you're facing the Chiefs and you're a run you're a run inclined team. You could, if you're the Titans, you could get Derrick Henry rolling for 180 yards, two touchdowns, and have it, have yourself a damn upset. Or you could do what the Chargers did and fall behind, and then your quarterback is getting harassed. So that, there are two possible scripts here for the Raiders. I think it's good enough that you start. Josh Jacobs, but I would avoid that Raiders passing game, especially now that Key Cog Hunfro has punctured his lung. I know. Yeah, oh, poor guy. That's not great. Um, Monitor Tyreek Hill's status, too. On the, on the Chiefs side of things, um, I think Nicole Hardman is not getting enough, enough pub here because he, to me, is the Will Fuller of 2019. Right. Like he doesn't need to be on the field for 70 percent of the snaps. Like you just got to put him out there for like three plays and he can make something happen. And maybe maybe Andrew Reid's like, I can't do this Sammy Watkins thing anymore. Like I'm just going to give more opportunities to Hardman. Or frankly, if all of those ancillary pieces are out there doing their things or Tyreek Hill is a little bit banged up, like I don't think you need Hardman is not going to um, pull tons of defensive attention. And we know he has the explosiveness and speed possible to make great plays, big plays week after week. We know that the Raiders secondary is a clear vulnerability. So I think that Hardman is one of these wild upside, low volume opportunity guys. Liz Loza, somebody better get you a pair of ears because that's exactly what I said on Wolf Pickups this morning. Miko Hardman is definitely. I would not. I did not hear that. you, You weren't in the studio. No, I was in the. Oh, I was just like no. I was in, the, in the in the bunker oh, cam oh, over oh, there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I like that. I agree with all of your logic on Michael Hardman there. Hey, you don't even have to say how about the like. That's enough of this Sammy Watkins thing. That's enough of this Demarcus Robinson thing. Sure, that too. Um, we have to monitor the health of. Is that what you said, Damien Williams? Both Tyree Kill and Damien Williams. Williams. I think Hill probably plays, but even if he's limited, that's good news for Hardman. Hardman. Hardyman. What the hell am I talking about? And uh, the running backs, too. 
Uh, Williams is is injured. I think that it's worth grabbing Mich- other other Mich- Willi- McCoy. Mich- no, Mich- I don't think it's worth grabbing Mishan McCoy. Uh, I think Mishan decoy. I, yeah, wow, nailed it. I think you can grab Daryl Williams, but I think McCoy is done. The Patriots at the Texans. Um, Thank you for being nice and not mentioning uh, he who must not be named in the Chiefs' backfield. Darwin, Darwin Thompson. Oh. I forgot about him. It's easy to forget. Every time, about every time you talk about Darwin Thompson, I think about that meme with the face melting. Like that is now forever attached in my brain. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Patriots, at Texans. Um, listen, I do think Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry. What if you talk about vulnerable um, secondaries? We know the Texans have one, and what what else they got? Nothing. The Patriots. I think this is, I mean, nothing. They have nothing. I kind of don't want Nikhil Harry to be like, I'm going to prioritize him over Jacoby Myers and I'm going to rank him ahead of Jacoby Myers because of that contested catchability and because he <laughs> scored a touchdown in a tough spot. I mean, did you see that sideways rain? But I, it was like a hurricane. Uh, but I do think All right, Zolak. that. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Felt good. Uh, but I do think that I don't want to prioritize him over Jacoby Myers because I think that Jacoby Myers is a better route runner, a more precise player. I like an under, I love a damn underdog every single time. And even though Nikhil Harry, you know, is originally from the Island of St. Vincent and not brought here until age four by his grandmother in the hopes of a better life. I still would like to see Jacoby Myers ascend. He was living in the giant shadow of that boring Calvin Harmon for so long. Okay. Still. Calvin still, Harmon. You and your quinoa takes can take a back seat right now. I'm on a roll. <laughs> still, I love the opportunity that Harry has here coming off of a big game and a confidence boost. Would you like to say anything, my dear friend? What are you typing? I just wanted to let you know that Calvin Harmon had... Three catches for 43 yards last week. Five sorry, catches for 53 yards the week prior. Six targets in each of the last two games. <sighs> I'm getting the vapors. PPR oh, magnet. Heating, heating up. Oh, man. I hope this Tom's deodorant's working because it is getting warm in here. Heating up. Are you and Kelvin going to have uh, Thanksgiving together or because he's traveling? He can't make it this year. I know it's hard. He can't make it this year. Neither can Duran. Yeah. Calvin just told Matt to keep the brown rice uh, warm and helping yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- I like Sony Michelle in this game too, based on the volume that he got last week and how it. Uh, he- really, based on the volume. Actually, what the. F- <laughs> what the hell? I like him based on the volume he got last week. Even and against this uh, tough run defense. No, their run Houston. defense sucks. They just got barreled over by uh, damn Jonathan Williams. Yeah, the Jonathan s- Williams. I mean, that has been a sleeper in the making for years. Where's your scouting report, sir? <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> With Isaiah Wynn back, too. Come on, give me a break. Oh, but that O-line just having trouble being cohesive. What about the Texan side of things, Matt? One thing. One thing. I'll let you guys know that Liz Loza <laughs> has uh, picked up a 40-year smoking habit between <laughs> Halloween and Thanksgiving. Tough, tough scene over here. Um, what did you just ask me about the Vikings and Seahawks? the Texans. Oh. Vikings and Seahawks. Texans, uh, you know. The Texan side of things. I mean, this what? is a very difficult defense that they are facing, and Deshaun Watson is coming okay. off okay, of a <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson is coming off of a disappointing performance. 
against the true league MVP, though they have been on by, so they've been able to scheme here. So what's going on? Oh, wait, that's not true. They had Indianapolis on a short week. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> a pseudo buy. A pseudo buy. It felt it's been a, they didn't play it feels on like, Sunday. It feels like quite some yes. time. Um, I mean, I think that you're you ha- you're probably playing guys like Hopkins. I don't. It's gonna be tough to sit Fuller after last week's game, but I think you probably sure. do it. Um, okay, I have one for you. I mean, I know what is the logical answer, but sometimes in fantasy, especially if you're trying to get into, let's say where you're trying to get into the playoffs, not like you have the asterisk already. Do you play McCole Hardman or Will Fuller? Hardman. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I All thought right. I was going to say Fuller. When I when I reared my head back to speak, I thought Fuller was going to come out and I said no. Hardman. All right. Vikings at Seahawks. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> End this podcast, please. <laughs> Adam Thielen is back practicing. Woo! Uh, you know how that you knew that was going to happen. Josh Doxson was dropped. <laughs> That's a good sign for Adam Thielen's return. For all you friends, for all you people who ranked Laquan Treadwell over Josh Doxson, looks like you were right because Treadwell has outlasted him on the his second try with the. I mean, Vikings. no one's got hops like Doxson. Take me back to that combine. Yeah, sure. Um, so Vikings at Seahawks. I, I think that. Stefan Diggs, fire him up. Dalvin Cook, the whole gang. Seahawks defense is not good, despite what the Eagles puked out and blurred out against them uh, last week. Uh, on the Seahawks side, I think we got to talk about. No, uh, we don't. I in Wolf pickups this morning. I said I don't want to talk about Rashad Penny, but we have to be sheep today and talk about Rashad Penny because I, you think you got to pick him up or whatever. But I'm not playing. But him. why? I mean, you have to pick him up. But uh, why? Why? I don't understand. If you're already in the playoffs, probably your roster is good enough that you don't actually have to pick him up. And you're just making moves to make moves because you've been doing it for 12 damn weeks. And also, there's no guarantee that just because Chris Carson fumbled, that Rashad Penny's going to be the guy. He fumbled earlier in the season and that didn't change. I think it's a speculative ad because he's coming off a big week. I think the Seahawks are... Look, Petey, Petey, our boy Petey said that he, he might give him some more work. Well, they might split this backfield up. Mm. And we know notorious truth teller Pete Carroll. But yeah. it's also it's also the same logic of why you would have had him on your roster anyways, which is just you're stashing him in case. So there's Chris a difference Carson. between stash season penny and like, wow, there's a sea change penny. Yeah, I just think it's like, okay, this was a reminder that you probably want to be having Rashad Penny on your roster. I'm not saying you're about I don't, I don't want to play him this week, period. But I want to have them on the roster. God, the worst would be a situation where there's like a 60-40 timeshare now. Yeah. Gross. Which is quite possible. And against the Vikings, uh, no thank yeah, you. no thanks. So I said no thank you, but we are saying, in fact, thank you because Thanksgiving is all about thanking everyone for all the stuff you're thankful for. And I will say I am thankful for my amazing co-host. I am thankful for Ragu, whose name I can barely say without stuttering because he is so damn good at what he does. And I am most thankful to Brett Rader, who puts up with Matt and I every single week. So thank you all. Hey, for you guys. Thankful for all you guys, too. We will be back on Sunday night for our Week 13 recap. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games to the best of your ability. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Lowe's underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. 
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.